It's the CMXU Rider Rundown, brought to you by Callus Moto, also brought to you by Racetech and Charlie Johnson Racing, with your host, Ryan Gauld. Here we go again. It has been a busy recovery after the ECAN. I, I let the ball drop. I was too damn busy. I couldn't get a chance to talk to some riders. I've now cleaned up, done some manager check-ins, and now some rider wrap-ups are going to come at you as well. Uh, this one's going to be a good one. I'm pretty stoked to be talking to this guy. And this podcast is going to be brought to you by our friends at Racetech Suspension. Racetech is... Uh, the best way to go fast. Just look at Ryan Lockhart, how fast he can go on the track right now, being 30 years old, the toughest uh, 50 dad out there, and uh, he hauls butt because of race tech suspension, and that is Charlie Johnson Racing. That helps him out, so make sure you hit us up to hit those guys up to get yourself the best suspension in the business. And, of course, callousmoto.com. Um, everything they everything they bring into the company goes right back into the sport, and you can use that code CMXU at checkout to save yourself 20%. And uh, this week's rider uh, wrap-up check-in moment, I don't even know what I'm calling these anymore. Uh, Ken will get mad at me. Ken, Ken the ghost. But this one's going to be a good one. Uh, he decided this past weekend to make a little change in the program, go up to the 450 class. Went 3-9 at Deschambeau. It is the Walton 7 Kawasaki rider of Tanner Ward. Tanner, uh, good morning, and uh, thanks for the time. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you texted me last week about doing this, and I thought, yeah, great idea. And then I was just too fucking busy, man. <laughs> I uh, no, no time, no time to give you the love, to give you the love. So we backed her up a little bit, and um, um, it's it's good timing, actually. I think because uh, obviously we could have talked about the plans going into the the last round, but now after that last round, um, I think you made a good decision. Um, let's just kind of talk about that before we get into the year and all kinds of stuff. Um, after the Moncton round, obviously a bit of frustration again with the 250, bit of a bike issue. Did you guys just sit down and as a team and say, look, here we go. Let's just erase this, move forward. You're out of the championship. And then you kind of get to where you wanted to be. I know you, you sort of took a, a hit for the team at the beginning of the year to ride the 250F. Um, but man, I, you just look, I mean, Deschambault has always been good to you. Uh, you always feel good there, but man, you just you just belonged. It just looked like all weekend you belonged in the 450 class, and I'm, I'm sure you felt the same way. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, uh, for me, I mean, I kind of knew going back to 450, I was going to kind of be at home. I definitely have a lot more time. Even this year, I uh, we kind of struggled with 250 with practice bike as well, so I rode a 450 a lot in the spring, and even between the rounds uh, out west and stuff, I had a 450, so um i knew going back up i could kind of uh uh i wouldn't really struggle like i did on the 250 so yeah honestly after moncton after that first moto um we were kind of uh yeah it was it was time to make a decision to go back up to 450 honestly it's uh i i was bugging brett to go back after after the first three rounds so obviously it was tough to happen with jeremy up on the 450 and then not having a 250 rider if i did that and and then, yeah, obviously after not only did our bike break in the first moto there, but then um, the whole thing with Jeremy uh, came up the second moto and Brent's like, well, that's your last moto on the 250. Uh, we're going up to the 450 next weekend. Uh, yeah, that kind of kind of how it happened, obviously. Not not how you want, to ha- want it to happen, but um, yeah, glad we, glad we did it because like I said to Brett, uh, honestly, even I asked him, before we go for dunes, asked him after Sandley after we had uh, not a good weekend there, and then 
Uh, I just told them, like, for me, I, obviously, I'm going back to 450 next year. I mean, I'm only going to make, uh, it's only going to help me going into next year if I get a couple more races under my belt, learn to race it. Because even this weekend, like, in qualifying, I was talk, talking to Colton and stuff. I'm like, Man, I'm riding it like a 250. So, um, so yeah, I'm happy we, we made that decision. Um, so, I guess, basically, to get Jet Brett to change his mind, you got to give him a shot in the chin. <laughs> yeah, I would have done that earlier. I would have been, been fighting them uh, before go for dudes. <laughs> oh Jesus! Um, I don't even want to talk about that stuff. That's all in the past. That whole dramatic weekend, man. I, like so, um, what is it about the difference? Um, and again, I want to talk about the season in a whole, but just because we're in the moment. What do you think the difference was? Yes, let's you know the bike issues, and I think your your experience now. You can be honest with me. The bikes, uh, the bike was good, but it just had problems. You guys couldn't make certain things work and stuff like that. But what's the difference between the two hundred and fifty class and the four hundred and fifty class that makes you feel better in the four hundred and fifty class? Because you are young, you are small, you have raw speed, you have all the ingredients to run with the McNabs and the Piccolo type guys, Natsuki, Harrison's, all that kind of stuff. But this year, it just didn't seem to mesh. You obviously had a bit of a slow start being the injured thing. But what is the difference for you that showcases your your ability better in the 450? Uh, that's a good question, honestly. I For sure, I, like, I feel better on 450 regardless. And it's, I'm not, like, on the 250, you have to send it. Like, there's no no doubt about that. Like, it's, you're hanging off the edge, like, going for it. It's not really me. I haven't really been like that my whole life, honestly. I remember I pretty much that changed for me like when I did my femur the second time on like super minis. Ever since then, I haven't, I've been a pretty more reserved kind of guy. And um, obviously, that suits a 450. You don't really need to send it to go fast. And, um, and then, yeah, like obviously this year really showcased like, yeah, I'm a 450 guy obviously after this last weekend. But I, in my opinion, honestly, like a the big thing for me was just a lack of seat time on that 250. Um, honestly, if we didn't have bad luck, we wouldn't have any luck with it this year. Just uh, obviously being a last minute decision to go to it. And then um, I was pretty much just showing up on the weekends and racing it, um, which was tough, obviously, coming off injury. Not, and even going into Edmonton, if I was in the 450 class, I know I think I still would have struggled. Um, I wasn't feel, like it was a tough winter. Like, yeah. I did not did not feel good on the dirt bike uh, when I was GPF, like at GPF and I was there for a month and even my last little bit there, I'm like, like I honestly felt better but I'm like, man, I got a lot of work to do and then we got home and slowly started making progress in the 450 and then obviously, uh, like, made the decision with the team to drop down and, uh, yeah, we had a bike let go really quickly there and honestly, I didn't really get any testing or time on the 250 and like I said, I was pretty much just showing up to the races, so I think that's why you did see me get better every weekend. But yeah, um, but yeah, so I didn't really. That I definitely feel like I could have been more of a top contender all year long if with a little more testing and a little more time just during the week practicing, learning how to reread the two fifty. Because like I said earlier, I was I was running my four fifty a lot between the rounds, and uh, then jumping back down on the two fifty on the weekend, which was. Which was tough. So I think, uh, yeah, going back like, I'm, to your question, I'm definitely like, I definitely feel more comfortable in the 450 regardless, just because like you don't gotta send it and it takes a little more, uh, a little more thinking. And like the GDR boys always said to me, I, I think too much. So maybe that's why the 450 uh, works better for me. Yeah, you don't have to think as much. The bike kind of does the work in moments or whatever like that. Um, I talk about the send it thing with me. Uh, obviously, yeah, the 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 250 gotta send it. 
And then you, you know, you're very good friends with Dylan Wright and you watch him ride and there's moments of just like, holy fuck, did he just send it and hang on to it? And how do you as a racer and even, you know, Jess Pettis right now has the same speed, but not for the 30 plus two. There's like a, I was just, I did something, I did a manager check in with Matt DeRoy and he's like, yeah, you know, Jess is, he's so precise and everything that there's got to be a time when, and I've said this on many podcasts and then you got to sort of turn off your brain and go a little dumb and Dylan has that ability to do that at moments where it like can edge away from a guy like you or a guy like Tyler Medallia or Sean Moffenbeier or Jess Pettis, who is precise and correct, correct. And, um, how do you, how do you find that? Like, is that something you can just figure out or, or is it something that is an ability that only certain racers have? Because I feel like that is the difference between what Dylan is able to do and guys like yourselves. Like you guys are all within the range of, of point milliseconds of time. But at the end of the 30 minute moto, that turns into, you know, eight, 10, 12 second leads for Dylan, sometimes bigger. Um, is that when you watch that, is it, is it frustrating or is it like, okay, I know what I need to do. Um, and you're almost speaking right now with this question as like for Jess or Sean or Tyler, because at times the speed is there, but by the end of that 30 minutes, it's, it turns into this gap. Hey, yeah, that's a tough question. Um, yeah, I ain't know really what, what to, obviously if there was a direct answer to, to know what to do, I think we would all do it. Right. Um, I think for, I mean, yeah, like Dylan, Dylan is not scared to send it. I think even if you watch that second moto this weekend, you see the first couple of laps, like he has a oh. lot of big moments and somehow manages, manages to, uh, to get away. But, um, yeah, for me, like personally, I know like I can go the distance, like I have no problem doing thirties and I get better as the moto goes on. It's like, I think back to that first moto where, where Dylan and Jess were better than me was honestly the first 10 minutes. They, they just had that more of a sprint speed for, so my biggest takeaway from the weekend was, um, I need to work on my sprint speed and kind of just that raw speed. Like I'm always doing forties and in the longer motos and, um, I don't think I work on sprinting enough. So for me, that's one thing I, I definitely took away from the weekend was that and to inch me closer to those guys. And, um, and then even just, uh, just if I'm doing my forties, like I'm, I want to start like working on like, doing like two lap sprints in the middle of them because that's like, like where Dylan's good if he gets you yeah, he sprints if it's like 15 minutes whatever time of the moto it is um, he's really good at hammering down a couple laps breaking you and then managing it from there so um, it's just those yeah those random random sprints and uh, kind of raw speed throughout throughout the moto that like you said ends up being half a second second a lap that adds to 8, 12, 15 whatever it is at the end of the moto um, let's take a little step back memory lane. I don't, actually, I don't know if I've ever really sat and asked you this, or I mean, uh, we haven't really done a ton of podcasts, interviews, things over the years. But how did you get into this the sport to kind of get you to where you are today? Like, it was it your old man, friends, family? Um, I go back to our trip when we spent uh, was it 2010? We went to Minios together. Was that 10? Um, 10 or 11. 10 or 11 with the, with the Scott family, right? You and Tyler. And, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, just how did you kind of get involved into the sport? And then give me the moment when you knew that you could be good or you knew that you could turn this into, like, something that could help, you know, make some money, be a star, make yourself a heroic figure, all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I obviously have three older brothers that um, – 
the two older ones actually raced go-karts before well well before i was born and then okay I don't know they just decided they want to race their bikes and um yeah so by the time i was born uh they were already racing walton transcan and stuff and actually like i was born like i think like two or three days after the transcan um in 99 and then yeah i was on a dirt bike at two and a half and uh in a baseball diamond just in a little town out of woodstock where we live yeah having three older brothers here um that are into riding and, and bicycles and stuff i was on a two-wheel bicycle quick and they uh they push you pretty quick yeah it was, i mean i was racing my three years old and that's all i haven't stopped yet so um and then yeah going to your second part there is honestly that's i don't even know like i i always knew I'd, like you know when you get asked in school like what do you want to be when you grow up and the question or the answer is always a professional motocross racer and um i even had times where like, i had the same classmates were like okay like, what if you're not <laughs> um but yeah, so I think it honestly took until like that first intermediate year when I did pretty good, um, like going to a day trombone and stuff, like realizing that, okay, like I can actually do something with this. And like, I always worked hard and like knew that was the goal, but it was always like, a question mark, like, is it going to work out? And obviously I actually had quite a bit of injuries as an amateur. And um, when I did my femur the second time, like there was a, probably a solid month and a bit where i was done i didn't even want to race anymore and just i couldn't even stay on a dirt bike and just kept getting hurt so yeah i think uh a couple years after that and then getting onto the big bikes was when i really realized that uh i could do something with this um the uh this year going into okay let's say let's step back to last year you're just before you signed with the cowie team prior to last year you're with the, the gdr team um and it wasn't that you were i don't know not left in the cold but you kind of got um, I don't know if the shaft is thing, but there was like a, a spot there, but not a spot there. And then you took the Cowie ride because it was maybe a little bit better on the on the contract side of things. Was that a decision? You, if Do you look back now? Was that the right decision, wrong decision? Or was that just something, a lack of options um, before you came into it, before you came into this team? And then I want to get into coming into the current year. Yeah, I... Um... Yeah, I can backtrack to like, pretty much January of 22 when I, I headed down south because I was going to do, um, well, I was doing the AMA Supercross. I had a Honda, and that was like the new year of the, the new 250 and stuff, so I actually just bought one. And, um, yeah, and then I remember I was getting ready. I think I was down there for about a month, and then I was trying to get contract stuff out of Derek, and obviously he was like a three-rider program is is – quite expensive and he was just trying to find some more budget for it and um yeah it was kind of getting let on a little bit and then i uh, got uh hit up by chad who was the team manager last year and um yeah i remember i remember talking to my girlfriend i'm like man like i'm actually nervous to tell Derek about this like because like obviously i he hasn't got me a contract yet and i want to get something yeah. here signed because i mean it's getting pretty late or like right i think by then it was at, like the end of january i'm like we're already a month into the new year and I want to make something happen here. And I remember writing like a big thing in my notes and like what I was going to tell him and I called him and he's like, Hey man, like I totally, like I understand that. I, like, like it was fully, like it was worked better for him and me. Like it wasn't, uh, he definitely, uh, took it really well. And, um, yeah. So like it was like once I kind of told him, it was like, ah, that's the best, best decision to make. And, um, and yeah, and I guess I can say now well, he actually helped me get a little bit more money out of it too. So um, yeah, it was good. 
yeah, like I, there was no, it was pretty much like my only option. Yeah. Um, um, and then moving into this year, obviously, unfortunately, you, you get injured at Future West, uh, right? Or everything probably would have been locked in a lot sooner. And then you're you're sort of in the same position again now. New team owners, questionable things, the whole Bogle deal, blah, blah, blah. This winter must have been semi as stressful, too, because you're just sort of uncertain. You're laying on a freaking couch with a you know, an ice pack on your knee or however your uh, recovery was. But, like, you almost had two winners in the almost identical form. Yeah, this one was way more stressful for me because just because obviously last winter when I was going through that, like, like I knew Derek would do something for me regardless. Like, even if I didn't get the Cowie thing, I knew he was going to do something for me regardless. Like, he, I had a bunch of his parts down there. He was helping me do Supercross. Like, he was going to do something for me regardless. Where this winter, like, yeah, I just had a knee surgery, sitting on the couch, like, just yeah nothing in hand really and um yeah at least when last winter when i was thinking about contract i was still going to the gym and then i can i was still riding every day and I yeah. had a, like, I had a, like i was going to go race supercross so i was i mean i think as we all know when you're on dirt bikes it's uh it's a uh, stress reliever for us as well so yeah yeah yeah, yeah being, being home this winter i'll be honest with you this was probably like, it was this was the toughest winter like yeah, there was dark times, I guess you say, as in just wondering what I'm going to do. Um, obviously, yeah, with the talks of Bogle and stuff and the team not sure what they're going to do. And um, and then, yeah, like, I know, like, my, when I finally got the contract, it was, like, a lot less money. And, and just, so, yeah, it was definitely a lot, like, stressful in that sense. And then, yeah, I'm sitting on the couch wondering if I'm even going to be back on the bike in time to be ready for round one. And I'm asking him at the same time, asking for more money from Brett. And like, it's, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely this year was definitely the toughest contract, um, negotiation kind of times, not just because of the contract itself, but just, yeah, like my position of being at home on the couch and then, yeah, just the new team. And then I did have like a couple other offers and I'm like, I, again, like, am I even going to be ready for round one? And do I want to go to a new bike? And is Brett and Mel, like, are they going to be, is it going to be the same as last year? So it uh, ultimately, uh, I think at the start of the year, I was wondering if I made the right choice, but I, they, I mean, honestly, they've worked their butts off, and I think you can see it. We've, not only have I gotten better every weekend, but the team's gotten better every weekend. Obviously, they've been facing their challenges, but um, but no, I think uh, I think I, they're going to, uh, we can grow together, and I obviously, I'm, I'm happy I made the choice of staying with the team, and and uh, I think uh, I mean, if we can be successful here in the future, it only makes uh, those times back in this winter uh, that much better. I uh, And then, you know, you throw the whole round one thing, Chad quits, fires, whatever that is, and then the dramatics with the Mackay stuff. Um, you're a, a big advocate of, like, mental health and big supporter of it and, and all that kind of stuff like that. We're going to talk about your ride with me uh, towards the end here, but this might be one of those years that you can look back as, like, that makes you – stronger your character building uh, all that kind of stuff like i feel like how old are you now tim i'm 23 yeah so i mean you, you got like a lot of 
good years left as being a racer. And then we had a good conversation just a couple weeks ago about, hey, and you know, like take that step away from racing, go work for three, four months in the fall, you know, get a perspective on reality, normal life, getting up at the early morning, coming home, making dinner, sitting at the dinner table, talking about your day, all that kind of shit, like a family and stuff. And then you go back to the grind. And I, I like this perspective that you have. And I feel like this year just kind of opens the the reality of, of what sport uh, any sport really can have these moments, but what this sport can do and what it can take away, how it can uh, showcase the struggle, the frustrations. But then also now you come back this weekend, you have this, uh, this, this moment of clarity and realization. The team has this moment of clarity, realization of you on a 450. It's like, it's sort of like this, uh, you know, sometimes in racing, you say you got to go slow to go fast. It's like, now you've kind of maybe taken a bit of a step back to move forward in your career. Yeah, exactly. I you said it good there before. Like that's kind of what I've been been uh, telling people this year is like it's uh, it's been a character building year. It um, it's been a really test to uh, a lot of a lot of patience and um, yeah, it's like it obviously isn't a year that uh, you want to remember. But I think it in the end, it, it's probably going to be a year, a year that I remember, and um, just because of how much character building and and. Uh, how it's going to help me in the future when when times get tough like you definitely learned a lot and how to handle situations and and um yeah so i think uh definitely it's going to change my mindset a little bit yeah on racing like you said it's um it i think i had a little bit of an eye opener even the first couple rounds of just like <laughs> like I don't want this to come off the wrong way but like obviously i've obviously been a top contender pretty much since i've been on the scene but this year was kind of reality check how easy it was to go to be like an eighth place guy and i was trying my balls off i'm like oh my like am I, is, this, is this me for the rest of my life am i not am i not a uh, podium guy anymore but uh yeah it's it definitely was a little reality check that way too and like yeah it just gives you a whole new perspective and and to me i definitely put put a lot of pressure on myself and like racing is everything and always has been everything but um I think even just being home this winter and taking a big step back from racing and then obviously with just how this year's went, it's, um, it realizes, or made me realize, uh, obviously one, I need to just enjoy it more because I mean, I'm, it's bad long, long years of racing left, but I'm sure you can attest to this that it goes by quick. So, yeah. um, just, yeah, like you said, they take a step back and, um, yeah, and then maybe it'll make me a little bit hungrier when I am training. It's um, it's something that's so hard to explain to like new families or young kids. You know, like you said, when you were young, even even when I was young, I wanted to be a professional motocrosser. That's uh, when they wrote what you wanted to do and grow up. And then you you dedicate your entire life, all your time, everything you've ever done, and then you you have these moments that where it's not working or it's just not making sense, and you're just like, what the what did I do the right fucking thing? Am I an idiot for doing this? You know, you get in fights with your mom or dad. Like, I may be speaking on my own thing. Fights with my mom and dad and my family's falling apart. And then, like, you're just, like, trying to figure out this path. And then all of a sudden you get to this age. You're like, man, like, this is everything I've ever done. But it is not everything that needs to be a part of my world. Like, there's so much more out there. And it's it's like this thing you wish you could put on the on the shelf and sell it when you're, like, 10 or 12. Say, hey, kid, do the best you can. Put all the effort in. But don't forget, there are other things out there, you know, like – Go to your prom and talk to chicks and hang out with your buddies. Maybe go to the park instead of. I, it's it's weird. How, it's hard to figure out where that timeline is or where that moment is. But when you do, 
it, that perspective I think is so um, important to just keep your your uh, sanity and your career, if you will, alive. And uh, I feel like right now you're in this moment, and I. Uh, I mean, I'm not a fucking future teller or anything like that, but I feel like right from here on, the Tanner Ward story is going to continue to have this like uh, growth and, and amazingness to it because of the sort of grindness you've just happened to have in the last year and a half. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, yeah, like going back to kind of uh, like racing to everything and everything and stuff, I think, I think a big thing for us racers too is, is we – are we're so like ego driven and stuff and like we think we think about ourselves through the week based on our results from the weekend and i think uh for myself i really learned to to divide the two like i mean i if i after a bad weekend i would all week just like not maybe subconsciously just pretty much talk shit on myself because yeah. i'm the person like thinking i'm a, I'm a shitty person because i did shitty on the weekend and um, it's not really the case. Yeah. Obviously one, one bad result isn't going to, uh, define me as a person. Um, definitely something I've kind of been able to separate this year too. It's, it's just, I mean, yeah, one, one result isn't, uh, isn't who I am. And obviously my girlfriend's helped me out with that a lot. It's, and I think we're all kind of like that. And in, in a sense, like it's, I mean, that's it, who we are. It's, I'm, I really don't know myself, uh, not as a racer. So, I mean, that's kind of how how we look at ourselves is how uh, how we did on the weekend, and, um, which is it's good because obviously yeah, that's how you drive to be better. But it's uh, it's also not a great thing to to kind of look at yourself always just like that. But yeah, um, but yeah, like you said, I think going forward, I think uh, this might be a pinnacle year in, in my career and how I can uh, how I can rebound off this and and use use this stuff to uh to just make me better as a person and ultimately as a racer um uh, before we get into the very cool event that you do at transcan here what what's the rest of 2024 or sorry 2023 uh look like for you schedule wise obviously walton coming up are you planning to do supercrosses i know that your name is in the mix for a wild card uh for the wsx but i think if you're a wild card you can't race the triple crown part of it at vancouver uh, so I'm not too sure how that works, but like, what's the rest of the schedule uh, look for you, or do you even have really one planned ahead right now for the next three or four months? Uh, to be honest, I don't have anything planned right now. I the goal was just to get through the get through the summer, and um, but yeah, I mean, I was just I was just talking to my girlfriend and saying pretty much, man, like I I feel like I'm just kind of starting to come into my own again, and and I don't I, even on practice days I feel comfy on the bike and not like. Early on in the year, man, it, like I had to try so hard to go, to go like a good speed and stuff. So I'm like, no, I'm just finding the time to feel comfy on the bike. It's coming natural to me again. So I want to keep that going. I don't want to be done in August and wait around till February, March to ride again. So yeah, I want to keep racing. I'm, I'm sure you'll see me at some of your races this fall. Um, I have to talk to Brett about about the arena cross, supercross stuff. Um, yeah, I'm not. Vancouver, I would be really cool to do that. Obviously, I really, I, I enjoy doing uh, Supercross, and I told myself, I'm like, man, if I don't do the Supercross stuff, when it go for Dunes, is happening 25 minutes from my house, and me wondering why I'm not racing. Yeah, uh, I'm sure you guys are gonna see me there. I just got to figure it out here with the team. Uh, I'm sure, kind of, we'll sit down this week throughout the week at Walton there, and and make a plan just because it's gonna be here before we know it. And, 
Um, yeah, and then even after that stuff, I think that stuff it brings us almost to November this year. So yeah. So after that, and then uh, yeah, I got to figure out my plans for twenty four. And um, yeah, right now I don't have. Like I only signed a one year deal with the team, and uh, I just got to figure out what I'm doing there. And um, yeah, I just want to keep uh, for me the big things keep it on the bike. Being well, being off it this year uh, it definitely felt uh, felt it. Uh, Felt like a rusty uh, old man for a while there. So <laughs> keep rushing on the bike, and uh, um, yeah, I, I want to keep racing. That's one thing I said after Kamloops. There, I I struggled at Kamloops, just picking a line, and and uh, like my race crap was horrible, and it was just a lack of racing. I think you go eight months without racing, and and then you see a real dirt bike track with gnarly ruts, rutted, and you just you don't know what to do with yourself. So. Uh, some people are good at just uh, just racing the, the eight races a year, but for me, I think um, I look at some of my best years, and it's the years I race the most. So yeah, um, going to kind of fall back to that. Well, if there's any saving grace, uh, there's only two names right now that keep getting brought up as far as someone spending money on or getting ready for next year in 2024. It's yourself and Quinn Amiot, and any of the conversations I'm having with all these teams and stuff like that. So. Um, whether they've reached it or not, I don't know, but uh, you're you're on the docket of a guy that people want on the squad. So, um, yeah, I hope hopefully that puts a little bit of uh, less worry or anything like that. So I'd say you're going to have a job for 2024. Where that is, I'm not sure, but you are one of the ones, you or Quinn basically are the ones being talked about to get on the on the team's filling roles, whether it's like maybe with Moffenbeier at MX101 or maybe there's a KTM spot open because Ryder McNabb looks like he's going to the States. And then, of course, the Cowie team that you're currently on loves you and wants to keep you too. So um, I think there could be some options out there, but uh, I guess we'll wait to do the time on that one. Um, now let's get into this this really cool event that you, you do, uh, Tanner. It's something that I myself, like I, I grew up on a um, – I don't know if you sucked. I got told you sucked, you know, and your mental mental awareness and things like that. I, I, I I'm sort of a, an old guy looking at these things, but I think it's a very cool um, deal that you built and and bringing mental awareness and, and and stuff like that. And and the stories that you're telling on this podcast kind of showcase the the mentality that it takes to be a racer, the ups and downs and stuff like that. But then you also you raise money for uh, for a foundation, and uh, let's just talk about what you do at Transcan, what you've been doing for the last. What's it been like? Five or six years now? Yeah, this is our fifth year. Fifth year, okay. Um, Which is yeah, fifth year anniversary of Ride with Me. Which uh, yeah, like I'll pretty much start from scratch for anyone who hasn't heard about it. It's a bicycle ride that um, myself, which is my family and I's group called Racing for Mental Wellness, uh, Walton Raceway and the Tanner Stuffler Foundation put on at Walton Transcans the day before our pro race there on Saturday, which is August twelfth this year. yeah, it's just a 20-kilometer bike ride. Uh, then we have a lunch, and uh, this year we actually have a guest speaker after, but it's to raise awareness and money for mental health. Uh, yeah, my brother my brother passed away due to suicide in 2018, and I figured I needed to do something, and, um, especially in the motocross industry with the poll I have. And uh, I think you'll see it this year. I think it's going to be our best year yet. I put a lot of effort into it, and I think that's because uh, – I've probably had some more experiences this year than I ever had in my life with mental health and just uh, the struggles that uh, racing brings. Um, obviously, it's a tough men's sport, and it always will be, regardless if I'm uh, uh, promoting mental health and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, this winter when I was beating my head against the wall, wondering what I was going to do with uh, just a knee surgery, and 
um, yeah, I was definitely struggling a lot. And, um, and then also even this, this summer, just uh, when you don't have the results, going back to what I said earlier, you pretty much put your identity on your results. And when they're not good, um, it's not, yeah, you're down in the dumps. And, um, yeah, so going back to the ride, it's, um, I can't believe it's our fifth year. It's pretty crazy. Um, for the first year ever this year, we're actually going to uh, team up with Newf and, and Strider, and we're going to put a Strider race on on Friday night. Um, the details are actually going to, I was supposed to make a post yesterday, I told Newf, but uh, got a little distracted with my training, but uh, I'm going to do something today uh, to announce our ride there. It's Friday, uh, 6 to 7 p.m. We have two age groups, uh, two to three-year-old and uh, four to five. Um, we have six striders there that... Uh, that we so no one you don't need to bring your own bike um and it's going to be right by the amateur podium um yeah we're gonna have more details on that and we'll be set up we're selling t-shirts we got raffle tickets um yeah i think honestly like i said earlier i think uh this year's going to be the best one yet just because i've definitely put a lot more into it uh, my girlfriend's definitely put a lot more into it and we've dedicated a little more time to make to make the fifth year the best one yet and um yeah, like I said, like I think that's because of just kind of what I went through and my experiences with it this year. And um, yeah, I'm I'm super excited. I can't believe it's already here. I was stressing about it last night a little bit. My girlfriend just like, nah, I can't believe it's here. Like we have so much to do, but we really don't. We're, we're we are really organized with it, but it's just I'm a perfectionist and, and I want it to go really well. And um, yeah, and if honestly, the, uh, the people who can't make the ride, we do have a lunch-only option. Um, if you click the link in my bio or Racing for Mental Wellness bio, you can see that lunch-only option. So it starts around 12.30 uh, when us riders get back to Walton. It's at the Solar Shed. It's going to be right beside our race shop, actually. So, um, so yeah, so I really want to promote that, and I really encourage, uh, even if you just need to come, grab the lunch and go, just come do it. And um, I'm excited for the... For the guest speakers this year, I think yeah, that's something we didn't do very well in the past was actually talk about mental health and and um, yeah, so I, I'm happy that uh, we got it's called Silken's Vision. He's actually he plays for the Winnipeg Jets. He's going to be coming out. So nice. Um, yeah, so I think uh, I'm super excited about it. I'm, I'm just trying to think if I'm missing anything. I I always do this and oh, I should have said this, should have said that, but. Um, yeah, pretty much. Like, go follow our Instagram. You can get all the details there for the ride. The sign up is in my bio, um, and we we're coming out with a QR code uh, slash like website for people who want to buy raffle tickets who can't be there. So, um, just trying to get everybody involved. And um, the goal is, I we went fourteen thousand the last two years, so definitely the goal is to get over twenty this year. Yeah, dude. Well, hey, don't forget to make sure you send it to me so I can blast it through all the avenues. Love to help this great cause. You're doing a great job. Um, a great ride of wrap and uh, wrap up here. Check in. Thanks again to um, Race Tech Suspension, Charlie Johnson Racing Suspension for bringing us the Race Tech products. And if you need a hand getting your suspension fixed up, that's the guys to hit up. You hit us through our DMs or emails to find out how you can get yourself some Race Tech Suspension. And uh, of course, callismoto.com. Use the code CMXU at checkout to get yourself 20% off all product. Uh, appreciate those guys joining. Support those who support us, and we can keep doing these things. Uh, Tanner, buddy, ha I really appreciate your time today, man. Always a great uh, time chatting with you. I got a lot of respect for you and where, where you do and how you go about it, and I think you're a great advocate and uh, promoter and, and uh, 
you're just a great voice for our sport. I like everything that comes out of your mouth, whether it's on a TV interview or stuff like this. And uh, I think people should always listen. You got a great attitude, and like I said, I I think we're only on the climb on the way up right now. So uh, let's yeah. let's let's keep that trend going. Yeah, exactly. I'm. Uh, I appreciate your guys' time. Yeah, like I like we talked about in the interview. I think uh, yeah, we're on we're on the up for sure. That's especially after a weekend like at Deschamps. All right, buds. Thanks again. Yeah. Thank you.